You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is Jesus Christ Will Come to Redeem His People, and it covers Alma chapters 8 through 12. I hope you're all having a good week, and I'm curious to know if anybody has started going back to church yet. I think I might put a poll on my Instagram this week about that. I don't think our area is going to be going back until around the second week of July. So I don't know. I've heard that it's different for everybody. I know some people in Utah that have already started back, and I'm just curious to know what's going on out there. So I think I might do a poll. So if you're on my Instagram, look for that. This week's lesson is really good, but I have had a hard time getting myself motivated to study it. I don't know if the events of the past couple months are finally catching up with me or what, but I have had no motivation this week, so it's been a struggle. So let's see what kinds of good messages we can find in this lesson this week. This week we start out with Alma. After he had finished talking to the people of Gideon, it kind of says that he went home and took a rest. And then sometime later, he went to the people of Melek, where it sounds like he had some success. And after he taught those people, he went over into the city of Ammonihah. And the people of Ammonihah were not very impressed with Alma at all. In verses 11 and 12, it says, Nevertheless, they hardened their hearts, saying unto him, Behold, we know that thou art Alma, and we know that thou art high priest over the church, which thou hast established in many parts of the land, according to your tradition. And we are not of thy church, and we do not believe in such foolish traditions. And now we know that because we are not of thy church, we know that thou hast no power over us, and thou hast delivered up the judgment seat unto Nephi. Therefore, thou art not the chief judge over us. So the people of Ammonihah didn't really care one bit that Alma was a prophet. If he would have had some political power, they might have listened to him. But because he was just a prophet of God, they were not interested in anything he had to say. Now, this made me stop and think for a minute, because every month I get the Inside Magazine, and every month I take it out of the plastic, and I set it on my coffee table, and I throw away the one from the previous month, and it's a pretty good system that I have going, except lots of months. That's the extent of my contact with the Inside Magazine, which is a monthly publication that comes right to my home and tells me what prophets of God have to say to me that can help me in my life right now today. And I can talk for days about the political climate in our country, or issues in my community, or what's popular on social media right now. But do I know what messages prophets of God have for me right now in the month of June that can help me and my family have a happier life? I think instead of just sitting down that magazine on my coffee table, I probably need to pick it back up and read it. So if you're like me, maybe we can both commit to do better at giving more regular attention to what our current prophets are saying. So the people basically threw Alma out of the city, and he left. And while he was going on the road, feeling literally beaten down, an angel appeared to him. And it turns out it was the same angel that appeared to him in his younger and wilder days. And the angel tells Alma that the Lord needs him to go back and to tell the people that if they don't straighten up, the Lord will destroy them. In verse 18, it says, Now it came to pass that after Alma had received his message from the angel of the Lord, he returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah. And he entered the city by another way, yea, by the way which is on the south of the city of Ammonihah. And what a great attitude Alma has. He had just been spit on and thrown out of the city. And when the angel tells him that he needs to go back, he returns speedily. (laughs) 
when our church starts up again and we have to start going to meetings and participating in our callings again, will we return speedily? What kind of attitude will we have? I think Alma is a great example of being fully committed to doing whatever he's asked to do. And I think there's some good introspective things to think about there. So Alma goes into the city another way, and he meets a man and asks him for some food. And it just so happens that this man is a Nephite named Amulek. And he knows that Alma is a prophet because an angel had also appeared to Amulek and told him to accept Alma into his house. Now I have a few comments about this. First of all, I find it interesting that the Lord let Alma go into the city the first time to try and teach the people, and he really struggled. He was spit on and thrown out, and obviously the Lord knew that this was not going to work. So why did he let him do it this way? Why didn't he just tell Alma how to do it the most successful way in the first place? Why didn't he just send him to meet Amulek first instead of letting him struggle for no reason? Well, maybe there were some good reasons. And I think this is a good lesson to me that sometimes the Lord does let us struggle and he does let us go down what looks like maybe the wrong road so that we can eventually find the right one. And maybe it was so that Alma could prove his commitment to himself. When the angel came and told him to go back, Alma could have just as easily said, no way, those people hate me and I'm not going back. But he went back speedily. He put his trust in God first and not in man. And as we will find out as we get more and more into these chapters, he really needed that commitment because he and Amulek were going to be asked to go through some extremely hard things. When my daughter was at BYU earlier this year, she was looking for a job and she had two really good options. She was offered one of the jobs and she accepted it. And then about 12 hours later, she was offered the second job. And she was really surprised by that because she had felt that her interview for that second job wasn't really that good and she thought she had no chance of getting it. But as she prayed about what to do, she really felt like she needed to take this job instead of the first one that she had just accepted. So she talked with the lady who gave her the first offer that she had just accepted and she was extremely kind and understanding and she let my daughter decline that offer and take the second job. Well, my daughter was at that second job for maybe two weeks, and then BYU shut down their campus. And she was working in the BYU conferences and workshops office. And she was going to be helping out with all of the conferences and summer camps that BYU offers in the summer. And she was really excited about it. But of course, they had all just been canceled. And my daughter was so confused. Why had she felt so strongly about this job if it was just going to be canceled? And why did she have to go through the hassle and stress of declining the first job? Well, it turns out that through the conferences and workshops office, my daughter found out about a job being an online test proctor. So she immediately started doing that job. And that was her new plan until one day she found out that unless she still lived in Utah, she couldn't keep doing it. And by this time, she'd come back home and was no longer in Utah. So she had to quit that job. But miraculously, the same day that my daughter had to quit her test proctoring job, she found out about another job where my son was working. So she immediately took that job. And even though she's had a crazy few months, there hasn't been one week where she's been without a paycheck. And right now she has a full-time job that pays really well, where a lot of people, and especially people her age, are really struggling. When we just hang on and we follow the Spirit, in the end, everything will work out just like it's supposed to, even though in the moment, to us, looking at the situation with our mortal eyes and our limited vision, sometimes we can't see how, but the Lord can. He knows and we can trust him. 
In chapter 9, Alma reminds the people of Ammonihah how blessed that they've been. And he reminds them that they were once a highly favored people of the Lord. And we can find some of those blessings in verses 21 and 22, where Alma says, Having been visited by the Spirit of God, having conversed with angels, and having been spoken unto by the voice of the Lord, and having the spirit of prophecy, and the spirit of revelation, and also many gifts, the gift of speaking with tongues, and the gift of preaching, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the gift of translation. Yea, and after having been delivered of God out of the land of Jerusalem by the hand of the Lord, having been saved from famine, and from sickness, and all manner of diseases of every kind, and they having waxed strong in battle, that they might not be destroyed, having been brought out of bondage time after time, and having been kept and preserved until now, and they have been prospered until they are rich in all manner of things." The Nephites have this long history of being so blessed and of having the knowledge of the gospel, where the Lamanites, as their generations were going on, were being taught things that were incorrect and taught to hate the Nephites. And at this point, the Lamanites didn't have the same knowledge that the Nephites had. So Alma tells the people of Ammonihah that in the end, if they choose to turn away from what they know is right, they will be much worse off than the Lamanites, who may have never had the correct information to begin with. And it reminds me of that quote from Spider-Man that says, with great power comes great responsibility. If we make covenants, and if we know better, and if the Lord knows that we know better, then he expects us to do better. And we're not all going to be judged according to one set scale. Our Heavenly Father is merciful, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And our salvation is very individual. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 82, verse 3, it says, For of him unto whom much is given, much is required. And he who sins against the greater light shall receive the greater condemnation. And I think that's also a good reason why we shouldn't judge other people according to our own individual standards. As an example, in our family, we don't watch TV on Sundays. That's something that my husband and I decided long ago before we even had kids when we were trying to decide how we wanted to observe the Sabbath day. And I know lots of LDS families who have movie nights on Sunday nights. So are they bad and we're somehow more exalted because of what we feel is right for our family compared to what someone else feels is right for their family? And I think if we're judging anyone else based on what we feel is right for our own selves, those other people are not the ones with the problem. And I think it's something that we all tend to do at times because we're human, but it's still not right. And it's probably a good thing to consider in our interactions with people. Alma tells them in verse 28, Therefore, prepare ye the way of the Lord, for the time is at hand that all men shall reap a reward of their works according to that which they have been. And if they have been righteous, they shall reap the salvation of their souls according to the power and deliverance of Jesus Christ. And if they have been evil, they shall reap the damnation of their souls according to the power and captivation of the devil. Well, the people didn't respond too well to anything that Alma had to say. So Amulek decided to give it a try. And Amulek had slightly better results because he was actually part of this community and people knew him. It says that he was well-respected, and you kind of get the impression that his words might actually carry some influence. In Ammonihah at this time, there were many lawyers who basically tried to stir up trouble so that they could solve people's problems and keep themselves employed. And one of them was named Zeezrom. Zeezrom started off by offering Amulek six pieces of silver if he would deny the existence of God which is a pretty bold move. (laughs) But Amulek was having none of it. And so he countered that by explaining to Zeezrom the plan of salvation and how that because of our Savior, every person will have the opportunity to have all things restored to them. In verse 44 of chapter 11, he says, 
Now this restoration shall come to all, both old and young, both bond and free, both male and female, both the wicked and the righteous, and even there shall not so much as a hair of their heads be lost, but everything shall be restored to its perfect frame, as it is now, or in the body, and shall be brought and to be arraigned before the bar of Christ the Son, and God the Father, and the Holy Spirit, which is one eternal God, to be judged according to their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. Elder Christofferson said, By his atonement and resurrection, Jesus Christ has overcome all aspects of the fall. Physical death will be temporary, and even spiritual death has an end, in that all come back into the presence of God, at least temporarily, to be judged. We can have ultimate trust and confidence in his power to overcome all else and grant us everlasting life. After Amulek had finished speaking, it says that the people were astonished, and Zeezrom began to tremble. In the lesson, it asks why Amulek's words had such an effect on the people. And I thought about the words of Nephi, where he says, The guilty taketh the truth to be hard, for it cutteth them to the very center. No matter how hard we try sometimes to ignore the things that we know, we still know them, and our Heavenly Father and our Savior know that we know them. We can lie to ourselves, but it's pretty hard to lie to the Lord. And Nephi also said this to his brothers, He said, if ye were righteous and were willing to hearken to the truth and give heed unto it, that ye might walk uprightly before God, then ye would not murmur because of the truth. Zeezrom heard truth and he knew it. And I think that's why he had the reaction of trembling that he did. When we know better, we just need to do better and our lives will be better. And that might be a little easier to say than it is to do. But in the end, for finding peace and happiness in this life, that's really the pattern we need to follow. When Amulek and Alma were speaking, Zeezrom felt the spirit and he wanted to know more. In verses 9 through 11 of chapter 12, it says, And now Alma began to expound these things unto him, saying, It is given unto many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they are laid under a strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of his word, which he doth grant unto the children of men, according to the heed and diligence which they give unto him. And therefore, he that will harden his heart, the same receiveth the lesser portion of the word. And he that will not harden his heart, to him is given the greater portion of the word, until it is given unto him to know the mysteries of God, until he know them in full. And they that will harden their hearts, to them is given the lesser portion of the word, until they know nothing concerning his mysteries. And then they are taken captive by the devil, and led by his will down to destruction. Now this is what is meant by the chains of hell. We can't control all of the things that happen to us in this life, but we can control how we respond. So what does it mean to harden our heart? As I thought about this for myself, in my life, I think I harden my heart when I hold grudges or when I keep thinking about negative things that have happened or when I decide that I'm too tired or too busy to pray (laughs) or when I fill my life with so many activities and hobbies that I don't have time for the gospel. Our testimonies are like a muscle, and we need to continually strengthen them and feed them and actively work on keeping them strong, or we'll lose them. And it doesn't matter who you are or what your life experience has been, that's just a fact for every person on this earth. And I think the pressures of the world and of our daily lives are so loud and immediate. And I've decided that the gospel and my relationship with my Heavenly Father and my Savior will never be like that. I have to choose every single day to work on those relationships and to keep my own testimony strong so that I can have the guidance that I really desperately need in my life. 
In verse 24 of chapter 12, Alma says, And we see that death comes upon mankind, yea, the death which has been spoken of by Amulek, which is the temporal death. Nevertheless, there was a space granted unto man in which he might repent. Therefore, this life became a probationary state, a time to prepare to meet God, a time to prepare for that endless state which has been spoken of by us, which is after the resurrection of the dead. The church over the past year has focused on the message that we need to hear him. And here's what it says on the church website. It says, When we take time to listen with our hearts, the heavens open and he speaks. Jesus taught that he is the light of the world, and those who follow him shall not walk in darkness. God still speaks today, and the joyful call remains to hear him. As you listen to Jesus Christ, you will feel his love for you. As you hear him and act on what you hear, you will feel the joy and fulfillment his words bring to all who seek him. It takes effort to listen with our hearts, but I know, because I've tried it, that when we take the time to do that and make that effort, we can feel peace and reassurance. And we will know how to best make it through this crazy world that we're currently living in. We can be happy, even though the world around us may have gone completely crazy. And we have that opportunity for happiness and peace because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to my thoughts this week. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at comefollowmeweekly, or you can email me at cfmweekly at gmail.com. I hope you all have a great week.